Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who are currently criminally possessed and are exercising our right by obsessing about dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Yes. <laughs> Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of potentially violent scenarios. Your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned, and before we get into today's crime chat, Kat, what have you done? You know, since I came back from Germany, I've kind of mm. not done a whole lot, which is great. I've done a lot of, like, weird catching up things, right? Not TV-wise, but I did end up watching... Wait, I'm laughing because if anybody on the page Patreon sees the bloopers from before. Kat just completely rearranged her room. I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh, okay. So that's what I've done. I've okay. rearranged. <laughs> and it looks like I have like light ears. I, my, it's my calendar. It's cute. It's up on the wall, right? It's with the way I stay on track. It looks like you have cat ears. Oh, I do. Yes. Oh, I want cat ears. You have cat ears. Okay. <laughs> I mean, am I possessed? <laughs> so the other, so other than rearranging my room, what I have been doing is, so one of the Walking Dead spinoffs is called Tales of the Walking Dead, and it just came out last month, and mm. I kind of binge-watched, because I'm a binger, about the six episodes of them. One of them was with Terry Crews. I love Terry Crews. The other one, her name is Jillian, uh, crap, I can't remember her last name, but she's like, she's kind of one of those up and coming she did the one movie where she ran a marathon and I don't know she, like she lost a ton of weight she ran a, mar uh, ran a marathon she also was in yeah, I know you haven't seen this because we talked about before 21 Jump Street or 22 Jump Street so it was the mm. second version with Jonah Hill so she's kind of like been made some really good cameo appearances and like putting in becoming more prominent anyway so mm. she has her own um, and then Anthony Edwards do you remember Anthony Edwards he was Goose the original Goose from from yes. top ten. Oh and, yes, 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 yes. Okay. And then they uh he was in ER for a really, really, really long time. I loved that show ER. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch that? Yes, I did. Yeah. So okay, so he was in an episode, but it was like it, it's called Tales of the Walking Dead. And essentially what it does is it takes you back to like when the zombie apocalypse first started. Basically, if you think it to yourself, that time frame when Rick was in a coma, it was about three months. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So in that window, they had like basically like all these different lives in different areas around the country like what people were going through at that time which kind of takes you back a little bit it's really really cool mm -hmm. i also heard that there's going to be a rick and a rick and michonne spinoff i love michonne i know and you know she's been mia a little Why? bit well no no because no, she went to go find rick okay she was gone for like some of um season 11 mm -hmm. so like some of the second part of season 11 mm -hmm. and then uh daryl goes to is going to go to France. Thank God he's still alive. Yes. He, he, Daryl is like one of the OGs. Daryl and we, Carol. Yeah, Daryl and Carol. If they die, we riot. Yes. That's it. And then Megan and Maggie have a spinoff as well, and they're actually okay. going to be in New York City. Daryl goes to Paris. Mm. Uh, I don't know where Rick and Michonne are going to be like location-wise, but okay. there's going to be like the walking, the walking Dead, the OG Walking 
Walking Dead is going to end. There's only one, the last episodes of the last season are coming out starting October 2nd. So just around the corner. And then there's going to be like all these different like spinoffs. And this is what has encompassed over probably the last five or six years between Fear of the Walking Dead. It's the Walking Dead universe, essentially. Do you think we're going to have a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready, girl. I got my wine. I'm good. Locked, cocked, and ready to jock? Is that what they say? That's exactly. My (laughs) blood is clean. I am, my blood type is Merlot at this point. We're good. Oh, so my blood type is Martha. And if you have been listening, or if you haven't been listening, this is our second to last episode. Yes. And it's going to be a fun episode because we've had a, had a couple of Debbie Downers the last couple episodes. I know, I know, I know. So this is going to be a fun one. But yes. I'm premiering Martha's Shard because our bonus episode is going to be Martha and Snoop. Martha 19 and Snoop. Crimes, baby. Yes. So we started this podcast series with 19 Crimes. We're going to end with 19 Crimes. Mm-hmm. But we're going to focus on Martha and Snoop. Snoop just came out with a brand new Snoop Gold with Ooh. 19 Crimes. Okay. But I love the fact that your your face, your makeup matches oh, it that does. Right yes, now. it does. Are you right? So those of you watching... The video watching on patreon you can see that the colors of marcia the teal and gold also are my eyeshadow love it pick for the day and we have our wine and we have our wine yes our crime chat with nat and cat wine glasses that you can find on our website Mm -hmm. crimechatwithnatcat.com yes you can get merch and now you can get makeup yes our collaboration with mad love we announced Mm -hmm. that last week it is still in pre-sale or Mm pre-order so go to mad love cosmetics.com use the promo code crime chat and voila you can pre-order your crime and cosmetics eyeshadow palette today i can't wait i can't wait to wear it you ordered one i ordered one everybody's ordering one just do it yes just do it just do it just absolutely so we've got a season finale coming up next week then the month of october we're going to be replaying some of our crime and cosmetics Mm-hmm. November. Be ready, chatters. It's about to break loose. Season two of the Crime Chat with Nat and Cat. Yes. Yes. And it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. We're going to make Crime Chat great Listen. again. <laughs> I got my Brooklyn shirt on tonight. I oh, you can see it with mm, the light. Yeah. Brooklyn in the house. Brooklyn I, in the house. I am wearing my Crime Chat with Nat Cat shirt that you can also find on crimechatnetcat.com. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> what about you? So we talked a, sh- a shit ton about Girl. shit. So what Girl. about you? Girl. Tell me. I finally watched Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yay. Did you I love it? I am fucking blown away by the movie. All the footage that they used in Maverick were from actual F-18 footage. Yes. Wasn't that amazing? Like, there was no, yes. like, computer graphics in that at all. That was actual footage, which is mm-hmm. freaking amazing. I love it. I love the fact that they brought in the other one, that F-14, that, like, yes. museum plane. Yes. That reminded what? me a lot of, uh, did you ever see... It's called Battleship, that movie. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I okay. love that movie. That's- I love Battleship too. Oh but- my god. I can't believe I yeah, I yes. totally blinked out on that one. That scene <laughs> it was with like ACDC Thunderstruck. The, like I got amazing. 
amazing. Every time I watch that, I get chills. I'm yeah, just like, it's a great scene. So whenever they went back and used the F-14 Tomcat, I think it's a Tomcat. But anyway, yeah, that reminded me totally of that movie Battleship because they went in to go use like these old dinosaur things. The motherfucker still ran because you know old cars like still run. Original engineering that are not based on computers, they will. We will survive the zombie apocalypse in using original like engineering. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. We can we, do it. We're you not know? gonna rely on computers. No, 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 no. Cat's Googling how long the F fourteen oh, has been yes. around. And I love that the wings like extended like while he was oh, on yeah. the tar like this is a badass plane. So when did the F fourteen enter service? Are you ready? Google says nineteen seventy two. Retired in September two thousand and six. Oh, Vietnam. Yeah. Still yeah. can deliver a level of whoop ass that you don't want to do. And it with. is the F-14 Tomcat. Uh, you're welcome. The F-14 Kit-Kat. Kit-Kat. <laughs> 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 so, and I'm not even in the Navy. <laughs> After watching that Top Gun movie, I'm ready to join. I want to join. I want to fly a plane. Do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. I want to do good. like little, you know, little maneuvers. Uh, I'll go. Look, you can have the air. I'll have the sea. I'll dive. You fly. Okay, sounds good. I'll pick you up at like that island. We'll go to the tiki bar. We'll be good. We'll show up <laughs> in our F-14. Leave us on our secluded, <laughs> our secluded island in Hawaii that the yeah. aliens have blocked off from everybody else. Yes. You're the one that Godzilla visits occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Look, this is in so many different directions right now. It's, it's fine. Okay. We're, We're good. Fine. So before we get into this crime chat, I have to tell you something that I experienced recently oh, while writing okay. this crime chat. While it's writing it? While oh, writing it. no. Yeah. Do you need to be exercised? Does the I'm, power of Christ compel you? I was in bed. Two things happened. One night, I felt a touch on my back. So I was <gasps> laying on my left side, and I felt something touch the, the, the middle of my back. And it wasn't somebody else in the bed? I was alone that night. Okay. So, yeah, I felt that. And then, and then... I was in the same position where I was like laying on one side, but my back was to the edge of the bed. Okay. So you're I, facing like to the middle of the bed. Right. Okay. I, I felt like if somebody was sitting on the bed and got up, I felt the bed yes. lift. I felt some things like that before too, but that's what does that crazy. what does that mean? Um, that means we need to have an investigation on your apartment. Get the Ouija out. We need to get the Ouija board out. <laughs> yes. Is there somebody here? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh god. god, that's crazy. Yes, I know. I so were you asleep or were like like you falling asleep? I was getting up, like you know how you kind of wake up a little bit during yeah, yeah. sleep. It was like in the middle of that, so it could so have been like, like sleep paralysis. Yes, it could have been that. Yeah, could have been that. I've experienced yeah. that before too. I've, I've experienced it where I've like woken up and I've been frightened or whatever, and I've woken mm -hmm. up in the middle of the night and I can't move, can't lift my legs, I can't lift my body, I can't do anything, and it's it's like the most vulnerable feeling. I'm gonna die. <laughs> and you yeah. and you could tell yourself like, why can't I move? Why can't? But that's yeah. when like people have sleep paralysis visions. Also, that's where like Slenderman comes in. Yes. You know? Yes. Speaking of movies. Mm. Speaking of movies, we're gonna go mm. over The Exorcist today. 
Yes, right? they are. Yes, they are. Right. Yeah. So before we get into your crime chat, I do want to talk about some of the history and some of the various theologies behind exorcisms. Oh, boy. Oh. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, mm. an exorcism is, quote, an adjuration addressed to evil spirits to force them to abandon an object, place, or person, and technically a ceremony used in both Jewish and Christian traditions um, to expel demons from persons who have come under their power. Mm. These rites and practices of the preliterate people to ward off or expel evil spirits are also to form an exorcism, though they are sometimes considered witchcraft, end quote. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. I did not. Well, most of us will probably recall the movie, which we're going to talk about today, The mm -hmm. Exorcist. The original, right? You can talk mm -hmm. about the original? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you could recall such quotes as, The power of Christ compels you. The power <laughs> of Christ compels you. But what does it all mean, Charlie Brown? What does it mean? <laughs> Obviously, we're going to talk about religion today. However, the information expressed today does not necessarily represent crime chat or Nat and Cat, nor does it mean we follow one religion or another. We are just simply going to talk about it is what it is, okay? Okay. okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> depending on spiritual beliefs and also depending on one's belief in spiritual entities, exorcism occur when one, an unidentified entity has possessed another being, and two, said spiritual entity must be expelled from its host. This could be done by performing a ritual, commanding the spirit to leave, or having the entity swear an oath to depart. I promise I won't come back! <laughs> they all Ex say that. Right. <laughs> Exorcisms are carefully regulated by the Roman Catholic Church by something called canon law. Are you familiar with this? I've heard of it. I don't know the details. Okay. Canon law is basically a body of laws upheld by various Christian churches in a unity of acceptance regarding discipline. Basically, I will, I will not. I promise, mm -hmm. you know, by order of the Pope and all who believe, blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay. So there's a whole other thing to this that I'm not going to get into, but over thousands of years, these laws were updated and modified based on social circumstances, needs of the certain era, like separate of church and state, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So they've been updated throughout the literally like 500 plus years wow. since they've existed. Yeah. So when one is possessed, it is a condition where unusual behavior and or personality changes are evident, essentially taking control over the body. And Britannica says, quote, symptoms of a spirit possession include violent, unusual movements, shrieking, groaning, <laughs> uttering, disconnected or strange speech. Occasionally, a normal pious member of a religious body becomes incapable of prayer, utters blasphemies, or exhibits terror or hatred or of the sacred person or objects, end quote. I'm guilty of some of them on most crime chapters. Shrieking. <laughs> shrieking. <laughs> Is a disconnected or strange speech. That's an atism <laughs> right there. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. So with this, when someone becomes possessed, they show symptoms. They show symptoms or evidence of an evil presence. Some beliefs say that the person causes it upon themselves because they have sinned. They're mm. a sinner. Mm -hmm. You deserve to be possessed mm -hmm. by an evil spirit. Or um, committing, quote unquote, a spiritual transgression in which the person must be sacrificed for the greater good in order to remove this evil being. Other beliefs say a spirit has taken over 
over and therefore an intermediary must diagnose and then treat said person for being uh, uh, possessed, not obsessed, possessed. <laughs> Scientifically, these people are treated with a psychological manifestation to be dealt with medically, such as treating somebody for epilepsy, hysteria, somnambulism, schizophrenia, or other organic illnesses. Have you, you've heard of some of these? I've never heard of somnambulism. Yeah, right, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of the religions now and kind of what their takes are on Buddhism. Okay. Okay. In Buddhism, they recite what's called a parita, which mm -hmm. is the practice of reciting certain verses and scriptures in order to ward off misfortune or danger, as well as the specific verses and discourses recited as parita in texts. The Tibetan Buddhism, they practice a ritual of exercising ghosts day in order to drive out negativity, including evil spirits, and the start of a new year peacefully. And this is done on the 29th day of the 12th Tibetan month, essentially December 29th every year, in mm -hmm. order to start the new year refreshed and of evil. Mm -hmm. So with Christianity, exorcisms are a way to get rid of a demon who has possessed a member of the Christian church. This ceremony is performed by an official exorcist, someone who is known to have special powers or skills. They use prayer, gesture, symbols, amulets, or icons to invoke God, Jesus, or other angels or archangels to intervene mm -hmm. and take the demon away. They do not believe a person is being possessed, is evil, or sinned to, in order to get possessed. Therefore, they are offered a cure rather than a punishment. Mm -hmm. All right, Catholicism. <laughs> the exorcisms are similar in which they are performed in the name of Jesus Christ, wherein the, G the exorcist must be given permission from the Catholic Church in order to perform this Catholic rite of a formal exorcism. Mm -hmm. They take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Very seriously. This is called, quote-unquote, a major exorcism. And Ooh. it's found under Section 11 of the Ritual Romanium. Ritual Romanium is an official liturgical book of the Roman Rite of the Catholic Church mm. containing all of the services a priest or a deacon may perform to include an exorcism. Basically, it's like an exorcism for dummies. <laughs> a how-to. How to exercise, okay? <laughs> Eastern Orthodox Church has a rich tradition with exorcisms mm. going back to biblical writings wherein Jesus was able to quote-unquote cast out devils from his apostles. The church views demonic possession as the devil's primary means of enslaving humanity and rebelling against God. Orthodox Christians believe objects as well as individuals could also be possessed. Like, mm -hmm. my wine glass is going to be possessed. I'm right. Gonna drink it. Or Annabelle. Like, Anna, right? Annabelle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. Annabelle. Oh, my favorite makeup look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this theology also believes that every Christian undergoes an exorcism through their struggle against sin or evil. So, like, personally, like, I, I have sinned against Jesus Christ. I need to be exorcised. Right. The Lutheran Church has been known to use a pastoral handbook, another how-to for dummies, mm -hmm. in order to identify symptoms of demonic possession understanding the devil's language because a lot of times I mean I don't know if you're gonna talk about this but like in the movie the exorcist they talk in tongues right yes mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, defeating the demon's supernatural strength, because when one is possessed, they are like, they're on LSD, where they're mm -hmm. just like this super, super human, supernatural, like, human strength. Like, they are superman. Right. So, Lutheran pastors consult a physician to ensure that basically rule out the fact that there's no other physical or mental illnesses that could be the cause of why this person is acting in the way that they are. During the ceremony, pastors primarily the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer 
prayer in order to drive out the demons amongst other prayers but those are the two primary ones that they use and they also perform minor exorcisms when somebody is baptized into the Lutheran church right that's why a lot of times too like people will get baptized as a baby for some reason when they are birthed if they're birthed to parents who are both sinners they would then be cleansed of whatever being is possessing their parents okay so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints there the exorcisms are performed with two methods first commanding the evil spirit to leave as they are being anointed with consecrated oil and then that laying of hands on a person being mm -hmm. possessed so they're basically being blessed at the same time overall demonic possession is rarely talked about actually in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints it's like we don't talk about Bruno we don't talk right, about right. it <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually only been recorded to have been talked about twice both by the founder of the church joseph smith in which one he experienced a possession and then two he exercised said possession not at the same time it was two separate instances yeah he's an interesting character that one. <laughs> oh, he is yeah for sure so okay let's talk about hinduism okay so people can be possessed by quote-unquote malignant beings they believe in hinduism mm -hmm. such as ghosts but less likely demons so they're more like the ghost possessed by spirit like a demon okay, okay. yeah something called the the atharva vita book focuses on such knowledges as exorcisms magic and al alchemy mm -hmm. alchemy yeah they believe in uttering a mantra mantra which are phrases that often connected to a particular deity and then a yajna which is a sacrifice offering a ritual done before a sacrificial okay so i guess what does that look like a sacrifice offering like i think it's just done before the fire like you have a sacrificial fire and you're oh okay you're you're praying and you're saying this mantra into they're calling it a sacrificial fire because essentially from what i gathered now i could be wrong this is just what i gathered it's mm -hmm. like they're throwing this ghost into the fire okay okay so in islam specific practices of expelling a demon include treating or curing the possessed and using an enchantment to rid of the body there are specific verses from the quran to glorify god and invoke god's help the islamic prophet muhammad taught his followers to read the last three surahs from the quran it's called one is called surat al iklis which is the fidelity mm -hmm. surat al falak which is the dawn and then surat and Nas, which is mankind. These hadiths reported, uh, reporting Muhammad, but also Jesus performed this exorcisms in their different rites. Because you know, Jesus wasn't actually in the Quran. Prophet. They did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But basically, they both served as an example in permissibility for exorcism rites. Like, you, it, it can be exercised. Mm -hmm. Okay, Judaism. Possessed is administered poisonous root extracts, and the ritual is performed by a rabbi who has mastered the form of Kabbalah. Now, Kabbalah is a set of teachings meant to explain the relationship between God and God's creation or mm -hmm. the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So also present is a minion, which I think is funny, but it's a group of 10 male adults mm -hmm. who gather in a circle around the possessed person. The group recites Psalm 91 three times, and then the rabbi blows a sofar, which is a ram's horn. And it's basically like, poof, the person, it's gone. Okay. Oof. Six, S-I-K-H-S, six, do not believe in demonic possession and therefore an exorcism would be a violation of their code of conduct. Okay, there you go. So there's that. Uh, Chinese Taoism believes, however, that someone could be possessed for one of two reasons. First, a ghost is seeking revenge, and it could be like uh, any kind of ghost. Not necessarily against the person that's being possessed either. That, that reminds me of that movie, uh, The Grudge. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And then two, somebody could use black magic 
to conjure a ghost to, in order to possess somebody. Mm -hmm. Taoist exorcisms include usage of fulu, chanting, physical gestures like mudras, and then mm -hmm. praying as a way to drive out the spirit. The leaders strike themselves with various sharp weapons in order to show their invincibility and ward off the demons and also to let their blood out. Now, this form of blood is considered to be sacred and powerful. After the rituals, the blood is blotted with talismans and then placed at the door of houses as an act of spiritual protection against evil spirits. Oh my god! It just reminds me, like, in the Old Testament, too, like, putting the blood over the doors where they wouldn't go and take the firstborn during Moses' time. That's right! Yes! Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. This just reminded me of that. And then, of course, I mentioned all these different types of religion, what their beliefs are or aren't in exorcism, uh -huh. but scientifically, however, demonic possessions don't exist, and there's not a psychiatric or a mental or medical diagnosis that exists. Mm. But there is a form of monomania called demon oh wait demonomania or demonopathy in which a person believes that they are possessed yeah like i i believe that i am possessed but they consider that more of a mental condition than anything yeah so instead the alleged possessed person is considered a narcissist or has such low self-esteem that they act demonically in order to gain attention <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple of possessed people, actually. <laughs> but we want to know what you think, Chatters. Is there such a thing of being demonically possessed? Or yeah. your your mind just might change by the end of this episode. That's a lot of information that I did not know. Good. But it's so funny. No matter what religion you go to, there is a subsector for possession. Pretty much, yeah. Almost every Except for religion. that other one. Yeah. The, the, the six. Right. But yeah. they acknowledge possession. They Therefore, there is no But they possession. don't believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for doing that intro. You're welcome. To this crime chat. A little I bit think... of history and theology. So, Kat, I'm assuming you've heard about the movie that I'm going to be discussing today. Oh, yeah. and the, Of course. The real life story that is behind it and influenced it. I am not aware of the real life story. I avoided that topic in my research. Oh, okay, good. So I will, I'm very excited to hear about it, but I'm very familiar with Linda Blair. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously, she is and, just uh, yes, national treasure. I'm going to take you on an out-of-body experience. I'm going to take you on a journey. On a journey. On a fantastic voyage. So on December 26, 1973, director William Bridekin released one of the most terrifying supernatural films ever to grace the silver screen. Absolutely. The Exorcist! Yes. The film is known as the scariest film of all time. Critics say it doesn't rely on jump scares or typical horror flick cliches. Instead, the film provokes a feeling of outright terror that lasts two hours, 12 minutes, baby. Oh, I mean, Maverick was like three hours long, so it's fine right now. But in the 70s, that was a very long, drawn-out experience. We have these moments Top Gun is like one of those movies that what they did is exceptionally well where they kind of brought all the characters full circle that every character had a great arc the movie went from being emotional to highlighting heroism later on in the movie mm -hmm. and like during it but what is different between this two hours and 12 minutes is that this was a movie the minute you saw the opening credits you didn't know what the fuck was happening mm -hmm. you were in, almost like in a state of panic yes the moment the movie started yes and I, I mean okay so I probably saw this movie 10 years later I was a kid like I was young uh -huh. but I don't like I never saw 
saw it in the movie theater. Just go to YouTube. They have video of people coming out. It's hilarious because, unfortunately, ladies, ladies, <laughs> all of us were running out of the movie theater screaming like, <laughs> Oh my god. But you know what? Yeah. It's ironic that we have a crunch. Right? I love it though. Like uh, this is such a great, this is such a great thing to kind of dissect. Yeah. The Exorcist broke box office records grossing 400 million worldwide. That would be 2.4 billion today making it the most profitable horror movie ever filmed. Good for them. Yeah. But it also stirred controversy. Of course. Even though the film was banned in certain parts of the UK, mm-hmm. it earned 10 Oscar nominations, winning two of them. And I, But I love how it went from Oscar winnings to being banned in the UK, like completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I think back then in 1973, it was the other way around, getting banned, and then it, that just influenced people to be like, why is it banned? Oh, I need to I, see this. To yeah. See this. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So The Exorcist came yeah. in within a wave of other movies that were being pushed, kind of pushed the envelope to the audiences, because at that point, they hadn't seen anything like it due to the code. Have you ever heard of the code? Uh. Uh, I'm assuming it was pre-ratings from oh, yeah. for movies. Okay, okay. One we did with the Poltergeist, we introduced the rating system. Yes, yes, yes. Due to Poltergeist. Like, Poltergeist added to the rating systems. Yeah, exactly. We had a code, and it was called the Hayes Code, and this uh, was a motion picture production code and was a set of guidelines that the industry used for self-censorship of its content mm-hmm. and the way it was applied mm-hmm. to most motion pictures that was released by major studios in the United States. States from 1934 to 1968. Okay. It was abolished in 1968, which led movies like The Godfather and Clockwork Orange at that point to be released because before that they weren't allowed to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're adult enough to understand the difference between fiction and reality and entertainment in reality then you should be able to that's a great fucking point experience it yeah because that's exactly what people forgot to do when they watched yeah (laughs) okay so like i mean like with and like i said we're not expressing any individual beliefs of religion or anything here but like i'm a believer but i also believe in entertainment so i will watch or or experience certain things as a level of entertainment but it does not believe that i it does not mean that i believe in those things right it's entertainment doesn't mean that i am a sinner right but back then in the 70s we didn't have any racy things that were coming at us in the mainstream media or the movies or right. the music i mean a rap music right. came out and we were like what the fuck like we oh my there was so much <laughs> shit <laughs> it was just so much shit coming out. and then like also yeah. we had Sat- satanic panic within the 80s it was in the 80s yes, l- yes yes music was all over the place yeah it was an evolution at this point yes. in time late 70s early 80s to secularism where non-believers doing non-believing things do that every day i know that's what i'm saying like that was probably the the brink of secularism into that's this is where also if you think too like the separation of church and state how the church was removed from laws Mm -hmm. and not just here but everywhere yeah and the fact that the law is the law and then anybody who practices religion can do it in their own private time yeah. doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like regulated by the government right yeah 
Yeah. Now, The Exorcist was already having unprecedented effects on audiences. There were stories of people fainting, vomiting, running out screaming, and some <laughs> stories stated that people had heart attacks. Like, heart attacks. I'm thinking it wasn't necessarily the movie, but maybe the extra raisinette I'm- didn't add to your heart issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm not I'm not surprised, to be honest. I mean, something like that that would make such an extreme impact mm. on society. Yeah. Not something that they would think that they would go and be entertained by, and it would shock them to the point of having a heart attack. Yeah. Not to say that there weren't any, like, pre-existing conditions right. that, you know, that would have led to that. We're going to ignore that. Yeah. Because that's not adding to the allure of Hollywood. So. Be, but it was because of that movie, I had a heart attack (laughs) or whatever sure right i i totally get that yeah so now the catholic church even stated that people were rushing into the confessionals after seeing this movie (laughs) the fact that (laughs) forgive me father for what i've said the fact that there may have just been some type of punishment for your soul people want to forgive their sins the film's content was so highly taboo for some people of course but naturally this drew more people in adding to the status of the scary of this film and this yes and i would say it, that would be a minority of people who would think it was so taboo or people right. that would have had some sort of psyche or physiologically effects yeah. from the movie would be such a small percentage but that would be enough to get other people to go see the movie yes yeah guys check out youtube the exorcist reactions and you can see real freaking videos of people running out of there it's pretty yeah. funny yeah. The original trailer was also controversial. It featured a full minute of black and white flashes of a possessed Reagan McNeil. Apparently, the strobing effect, people vomiting after watching it in their home on their TV. Yeah. Warner Brothers had to pull that as well. So it just added to kind of the whole idea like, <gasps> yeah. oh my God, this movie, who saw it? And I can imagine the flashing lights would, would kind of entice some epileptic seizures or something mm-hmm like that that if it was on like regular program tv as a commercial right where somebody didn't go out and like look for it essentially right like if it was just a regular paid program commercial it i can see how that would like entice some sort of epileptic seizure because of the flashing lights and that kind of thing i remember this trailer listen the trailer is on youtube but i do warn you that the strobing effect can cause seizures however because i just said that we're all gonna check it out because of course once i tell you not to do something we're gonna do it that's what we do well that's your third disclaimer chatters (laughs) exactly yes right you say your disclaimer who the hell turns it off they're like all right Right? white knuckle at the steering wheel let's go cat cats out of the bag (laughs) (laughs) now the exorcist the movie was about a young girl who would be demonically possessed cat all of this started with the ouija board oh (laughs) yeah Listen, chatters, five and up, ages five and up. Thank you, Hasbro. Yep. We've talked about the Ouija board in previous episodes. Yes. Yeah. That should be in season two, the Ouija board. Here's the preview, chatters. Season two. Tune in. We got some really good freaking stories. Okay. Yes. In the movie, a young Regan starts acting odd. She starts talking to her imaginary friend, Mr. Howdy. Oh. Wait a minute. What is that movie with all the toys coming to life? What is it? Toy Story. Toy Story. 
Yeah. Isn't, isn't he Mr. Howdy? No, it, no, it's Woody. He goes, Howdy. Howdy, partner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In the movie, Regan's mom brings her to all the top specialists trying to help her daughter. Frustrated and concerned that there may be something more deeper and darker amiss. Mm-hmm. She seeks the help of a priest in the movie. Of course. Then the demonic shit hits the fan. And this, I remember, and shit goes all over the place. It's like stank. It's a mess. It's stank. It's yeah. nasty. It's everywhere. We sell the house, we move. You move, you shit. <laughs> you move, you shit. <laughs> exactly. But Kat, did you know that the film was actually inspired by the 1971 novel written by William Peter Blatley? Oh, no. I guess I thought it was after an actual incident. Was the mo- the novel written after an actual incident? Yes. So it was the incident, the novel, and then the movie. Oh. Oh, okay, 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 okay. The Exorcist was based on a real-life trauma of a young boy named Roland Doe, a.k.a. Richard. Now, boy eye chatters, we just know him as Roland Doe or Richard. Secret. Who would want to be known in mainstreaming media as the child that was exercised? True, but he'd probably be making billions right well, now. Well, true. But, you know, med- or not medically, but, like, emotionally, you'd want to, like, eh emotionally you're fucked up yeah you're screwed yeah yeah yeah. for real yeah but if you're gonna be screwed emotionally and might as well be rich (laughs) might as well be making money got it (laughs) never seen an unhappy person on a jet ski okay In 1948, in Cottage City, Maryland, Roland was described by his former classmate, name is Dr. Alvin Cage. Ooh. He became a doctor after experiencing this friendship with Roland? No, he's a, he's a medical doctor. Yeah. No, he had no relation. He is now a doctor. He came forward to do an interview in the documentary. Okay. Dr. Adams and Dr. White at your service. No, no, no. Dr. Nat and Dr. Cat. Ah! <laughs> Dr. Nat, Dr. Cat of Crime Chat. Oh, maybe we could be a lawyer. The the law firm of Nat and Cat with Crime Chat. A jurist doctoral. Yes. A JD. Not the drink. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jack Daniels. No. I mean, we could be a JD plus a JD. We'll be a very successful law firm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't object. Overruled. All right. So some reports say that Roland's mother and grandmother were overbearing. Others say that his father was being emotionally distant and rarely around. However, there are many versions of the story, depending on the witnesses that you're speaking to. But one element of the story never changes, and that is Roland's aunt, Aunt Millie. Oh, Auntie Millie. Auntie Millie. Yes, Auntie Millie. I love you, Auntie Millie. A spiritualist by nature, Auntie Millie had always been interested in the Ouija boards and what exists in the great beyond. So she was a free spirit. Okay. During the summer of 1948, she reportedly taught Roland how to properly use the Ouija board. As, like, during sleepovers, did we not properly use the Ouija board as a kid? Uh, Obviously, he was not in the 80s. Back in 1948, I don't think they, I think that was very risque, the Ouija board. Oh, okay. So the family began to experience bizarre happenings around their home, such as strange noises, objects moving without being touched, and hearing strange voices. 
A family member claimed to hear a large group of people walking through the house as if a battalion of soldiers were marching together. That would be very prominent. Like, boom, 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 boom. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, definitely not something that is just like a little disturbance, a major disturbance. It would be a major disturbance, yeah. Another occurrence was the consistent dripping sounds that they had. Now, this was not coming from any faucet. It was coming from within the walls. They had exterminators check the house thinking that it was rats they found nothing it was nothing like it was just this constant dripping sound and let me tell you that would drive me fucking crazy i agree now dr cage is the only person outside of the family to have witnessed something during this time in 1948 he claims to have been spending some time with roland when roland was sitting in a chair and then it started to shake and then roland was thrown a couple of feet away so he actually visually saw something the family believed that aunt millie with her ouija board obsession had unlocked something evil in the house Mm -hmm. they confronted aunt millie during this time but soon after she she mysteriously passed away. What? I don't know why she died. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. After her death, Roland became more and more withdrawn. The boy's behavior became erratic. Mm-hmm. He would yell and scream without provocation. His family found bruises, scratches, and welts all over his body. The boy's family explored all possibilities mm-hmm. and solutions. Mm-hmm. They took him to see medical professionals, a psychiatrist, but nobody had answers for them. Mm. Out of desperation, they called the Catholic Church. Sure. The boy was examined by Father Hugh. Okay. During the encounter, it said that the boy could not take his eyes off of the Bible. Like, by choice or, like, feeling driven to take it to continuously like read the bible no 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 no. like the the priest was walking around him in the room and he was holding a bible and the boy could not take his eyes off of what the priest was holding oh okay 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 so like as almost in like a fear like what are you gonna do with that right okay Okay. In the eyes of the clergy, this is a telltale sign of possession, allegedly. Supposedly. Supposedly. Allegedly. During the meeting, Father Hughes asked the boy, what is your name? And Roland responded in Latin, I am legions. There's a movie on that too. There is. Legion. Yeah. Upon Father Hughes' recommendation, Roland was moved to a hospital near Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which was run by a Jesuit priest. Due to the increasing intensity of Roland's outburst, Father Hughes carried out a series of exorcisms at this time. I guess not na- not necessarily a major exorcism, but like kind of like, you know, like a nonchalant exorcism because okay. for his protection, Roland was strapped to a bed by the hospital staff, but during a fit of rage, he broke free from the restraint cut father hughes's arm so he cut his arm from like his wrist all the way to his elbow which is like his entire forearm yes oh my goodness serious cut that's that's yeah after this injury father hughes took a step back believing that he made a crucial mistake and that the boy's path to the dark side had been sealed that's it Mm. his soul's gone gone like we give up all hope yeah yeah roland's family moved back home hoping that they can find a way to care for the child however matters took a turn for the worst one night roland's mother discovered the word saint scratched into his chest oh gosh it was like branded into the skin and in the movie they have this scene where it says help on her arm yes 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 like i remember that yep in. yep and that reminds me of the conjuring movie the last one the devil made me do it right where it's like it's not necessarily demon possessed but it's more of like 
a cursing reasoning behind it, which Ooh. is really it's it, it's a little bit of a twist from the like traditional Conjuring, mm-hmm. but it's it's a great movie by the way. Great movie, highly recommend. Yes. Okay. So now the family at this point moved to St. Louis, Louisiana. Running out of medical options, the family turned yet again to the church. Okay. Louisiana would have better priests, I guess. (laughs) So the church also thought it was a poltergeist. Now, remember in our last episode? Yeah. What makes up a poltergeist? Not necessarily the haunting of a person, but the haunting of like it. what their home. Poltergeist means noisy ghost. Yeah. Due to the noises that they were experiencing around the house and also the fact that Roland was hitting puberty because remember – yeah. The church found that normally in a poltergeist haunting, there is always a teen hitting puberty. Puberty. Yes. Yeah. Which is really freaky. Like, that's just a weird fact that most poltergeists yes. have a prepubescent teenager. One. Mm. Yes. So this time, Father Bishop and Father Bowden examined the boy and arrived at the conclusion that he was indeed possessed. They asked the Archbishop to perform the rite of exorcism because they couldn't do it on their mm-hmm. own like mm-hmm. the previous priest that did like a minor. They wanted to do right. a full-blown exorcism on this boy, so they needed the approval of the Archbishop. Right, right. The Archbishop agreed to this on one condition, that during their time with Roland, Father Bishop would keep a journal of everything he saw. And this wasn't only for Father Bishop. This was also for basically every priest. Like for the church. For documentation for the church to see if this this shit is actually plausible, you know? It would go back to the canon law and how maybe potentially how it would be modified or changed or confirmed what would already be in that canon law. Yeah. So now Father Bishop entries were later published by the author Thomas B. Allen in 1991 and it's the book is called Possessed the true story of an exorcism okay Father Bowden began to doubt his own abilities to drive the demon out of Roland eventually enlisted the assistance of a few other priests including Father Halloran okay. they would assist in physically subduing the boy like Father Bowden would be performing the rite. Father Holleran and Father Bishop would be, like, holding him down. Okay. During the rites, Roland would spit at and demean the priest. He would proposition them for sexual favors, threaten them with violence. This lasted for nearly three weeks. Mm. The actual exorcism lasted for three flippin' weeks. Wow! I mean, every day going back doing the same thing? Yes. Wow. He's 13 years old. Wow. One of the assisting priests claims that the boy had strength of a fully grown Mm -hmm. man. After very little progress, the priest decided to move Roland to another hospital. Now, this is where it gets shady because I truly, truly believe that this was not a medical hospital Mm -hmm but a psychiatric hospital because we don't know much about it. And Why? Unless your experiment or your exorcism was, was causing a little too much ruckus at the hospital. Experiment. Exactly what it is. It's experiment. Yeah. What the family did not realize, what the priest did not say to the family, was that Roland at this point was yeah. pe- being kept in solitary confinement for three weeks. He's 13. That's wow. freaking crazy. That's 
torment. That's torment. Priests were having very little success reclaiming the boy's body and soul. As a last-ditch effort, Father Bowden suggested that he baptize the boy as it might strengthen his connection with the church. Roland was baptized and accepted the communion wafer. Mm -hmm. Witnesses say that the boy began to speak as if he was the Archangel Michael, screaming, Satan, Satan, I am Michael. I command you to leave this body now. Wow. Yeah. So as if the baptism turned him into this archangel. Yeah. Wow. Or as a 13-year-old, he was just convinced about all the shit he was hearing at that point. Well, okay. Ultimately, the boy was freed from his affliction and lived the rest of his life with no memory of what transpired whatsoever. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. He doesn't remember. Of course he did. Anything. Of course he doesn't. It was way too traumatic to be able to understand it i don't know it's fucking crazy it's in pandora's box it's in pandora's box so his real identity has never been revealed many of the people involved in the case have passed away of course however father holleran is one of the few surviving he stated during an interview with the author thomas b allen who wrote the book possessed Mm-hmm. Holleran claimed that many of the events were sensationalized by the novel and the film. He specifically points to the infamous vomit scene. Yes. And the pea soup. The pea soup. I love pea soup. Can't even look at a green soup because of this fucking movie. Pea soup with a ham hock is delicious. It sounds good, but you know what? The minute I see green in a soup, yeah, I yeah. know. It fucks sure. me up. Also, he said that Reagan's eerie change in her voice during the possession was very artificial. Okay. Holleran does stand by the numerous haunting events that he cannot explain away. He witnessed a bottle move across the dresser. Uh He felt Roland's bed tremble. He also confirmed that Roland's skin was riddled with marks. However, he could not distinguish any words on them. So So it didn't necessarily say like saint. Or help. Or or help. Yeah. Yeah, but there were marks on his body that were inexplicable. Right. Right. Okay. What's most troublesome, though, the that is that Father Holleran felt compelled to burn Father Bishop's infamous diary that no. was, yeah, in the book possessed. He burned the evidence of mm-hmm. anything which Father Bishop was told to do. Right. Yeah. Basically leaving only his diary. Yeah. This action left many lingering questions that now can never be answered of what Roland truly went through. Okay. The truth of the matter is that this will forever be in question. While the priests believe it was certainly of demonic possession, many psychiatrists view it as mental illness. Mm-hmm. Others believe it was a cry for attention by a grieving and lonely 13-year-old mm. boy. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, you burning that diary was a little shady. Yeah, that was. That was quite shady, actually. So what exactly took place? What happened to Roland? It's been more than 70 years but no new evidence or credible witnesses have come forward to shed new light on this dark tale was it a cry for attention or was it the call of the devil or perhaps it was both mm. no bum, bum, bum. the 1973 film the exorcist is known as one of the most powerful horror films ever made our questions horror and shock only came after the movie ended because the movie forces the viewer to sit in their seat and emotionally experienced something that at that time our brains turned off it was taboo a full frontal assault on your sensibility as you watched it play out 
scared the living crap out of people. Me me included. Yeah. Scared the crap out of me. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. Are you ready for some crazy facts that I know you don't know? Of course. Lay it on me like I'm bread. Spread that shit on me. Butter on bread. Crazy facts about the exorcist that I know nobody knows. Linda Blair read the book before she played the role, which and she was 14 years old. Mm, that probably would have been traumatic. A little bit. As a 14-year-old, sure. Yeah. Number two, the set burned down. <gasps> the McNeil house caught on fire during the shoot. However, one room was not burned or touched with any soot, and that was Regan's room. <gasps> this was the famous 3600 Prospect yeah. Park Avenue yeah. in Washington, D.C., that yeah. huge brownstone. Yeah. Number three. Wow. One of the rooms on the set was an actual freezer. The scene where Reagan is on the bed and she's breathing and you can see her breath like the yes. cold air. Yes, yes, yes. I, re- I remember hearing about that one. Mm-hmm. About one of them actually being a freezer because they didn't have the technology to at the time to be able to right. show the breath without actually showing the breath. Yeah. They had the room set 30 degrees freezing. Mm. The woman who played mom in the movie, yeah. she broke her back in one of the scenes. I did not know that. Wow. Crazy. I know. The name of the demon was never revealed in The Mm -hmm. Exorcist, which was, it was only revealed in The um, Exorcist Part 2. They showed you like a little statue of the demon with little wings. Mm -hmm. His name is Pazuzu. Ooh. Pazuzu. Pazuzu. The last fact. Cat. Did you know there was a real-life serial killer in the movie? No. Paul Bateson, he played the role of the x-ray technician. Uh-huh. You could see him in the beginning when Regan is going for, the, like, those head x-rays and that, like, sure. MRI and all that stuff. Like, to try to find a medical diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. He's the, he's the technician in white. He's talking. He has dialogue. That's insane. He was arrested in 1979. He confessed to a number of murders between 77 and 1978. He's stated that he would kill people, chop them up, and then dump their remains in the Hudson River, which is very, like, like Dexter-ish. Yeah? Is he the OG Dexter? Maybe. Maybe. <gasps> we, may, we may need to dig a little bit in that litter box to find that out. I see season two. Yeah. Paul Bateson. This is also known as the bag murders. (gasps) This man, Paul, was sentenced to 20 years in jail and then was freed in 2004. (gasps) Actual serial killer. So he's, he, he is amongst us. Probably in Florida. Unless he's dead. (laughs) Probably in Florida. Probably in the villages. (laughs) Yeah. That's insane. So there's my exorcist crime chat. Wow. I love the fact that you brought like realism to the story and you have done that the entire first season in the other movies that we talked about. So Mm. Jennifer's Body, Poltergeist, Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. But Mm. like you've brought like these movies to like some realism as to what they're actually based off of and I absolutely love that because it makes you look at movies like an entire entirely different way yeah because we don't have to make shit up there's enough real bad shit going on in the world we don't have to make anything up Uh, it's also job security hashtag crime (laughs) chat with nat and cat (laughs) that's amazing though like this is crazy i I there's so many things i did not know in the real life part i mean i i obviously knew of the exorcist but In its foundation of being a actual true story of this 
Roland, a.k.a. Richard guy, Mm -hmm. who may or may not still be alive, Mm. I wonder if he ever got repossessed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just a thought. Follow up in season two. Maybe it'll be in after that crime chat. (laughs) Maybe. And we'll we'll also include a really great recipe for pea soup. Yes. (laughs) With the ham hock. So because we don't leave you hanging, chatters, for more information on this case, please check out after that Yes. Movie links, yes. YouTube links Mm -hmm. and the real story, the the book, that kind of thing. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Don't uh, forget to follow us also on Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok to see what is coming up next. And this is our second to last episode of the first season. We have a season finale coming up. Oh my gosh, and it's going to be a throwback to our very first episode. We're going to highlight 19 crimes once again, but we're going to talk Snoop and Martha. Yes, I can't wait. Oh my gosh, it's going to be insane, and I'm so excited. It's going to be probably an extra long episode, too, I imagine, because we're both going to tell the stories. We're both going to be drinking the wines, so... Be there or be square. Yes, remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Kat. Subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon, You will get bonus episodes. And let me tell you something, behind-the-scenes bloopers are fucking hilarious. (laughs) We've got quite a few. You will also check out Merch in the Works. And also, remember, we (gasps) have a makeup line. We do. We have a Crime and Cosmetics collaboration with Mad Love cosmetic mm, yes. and uh we've got a eyeshadow palette already on pre-order we've got lashes yeah. and lips on the way so go to madlovecosmetics.com and use our promo code crime chat in order mm-hmm. to get your crime and cosmetics yeah. beauty line yes yes chatters yes. we will see you on the next crime chat which is which is our season finale for season one we will see mm-hmm. you guys next week yes <gasps> bye, bye.